0: Welcome to this episode of Print Run. My name is Eric Kane and with me as always is Laura Zatz. Say hello, Laura.
1: Hello, Laura.
0: So what uh, it's toward the end of May we're heading toward the dreaded memorial day. Um I say dreaded because it's like a I means summer is starting, which is always kind of a weird time in publishing, I find. Um oh,
1: I thought you were gonna say like you didn't like summer because like your legs would have to be out. But <laughs> <laughs> blind as you, cars as driving know, by
0: As you know, Laura, I have no problem getting my legs out. <laughs> Um, no, gonna...
1: I, I just worry that I blind people
0: That's Oh, I, I definitely do um, <laughs> I am horribly pale I've been inside for 8 months in the dead of winter um, but anyway uh, we've got you probably sort of know what we're going to talk about if you're one of our diehards um, folks
1: there's been another case of nonsense
0: if there <laughs> we, I don't I don't always let me, let me, let me start over here I'm getting old Okay. Which means that I have less of I relish the role of being the nonsense interpreter a little bit less than I once did, like sure. say twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, back when back when you and I were really riding the nonsense to yeah. whatever meager heights. Well this arguably podcast has reached. there
1: was less nonsense back then. And so now, it was more fun.
0: And now I'm like this old Shut in post pandemic, and I see nonsense, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go take a nap, or I'm gonna go <laughs> ignore that and do my million other things at my job. But it appears that we have, you know, the loon signal went up um, pretty hard. And <laughs> We had office hours, or I had office hours this last week, and basically the big ubiquitous question is talk about thing x and so we're going to talk about thing x today which is of course the various um i don't know just agent stuff as it relates to the relationship to writers we're going to talk about the new leaf thing a little bit um we're going to get into all of it before we get into all of it how about the basic rundown
1: yeah so um if we're related to the nonsense that we're about to talk about. We are also going to be releasing some special content to help with writers and particularly like querying writers and writers looking for agents. Um, so stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. We'll be uploading stuff, particularly about agency contracts, in addition to our normal query show and first pages show, um, and the recorded versions of our office hours. What so, a great time
0: to sign up on Patreon!
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: where sure. all this stuff is, by the way. In case you are like new to listening or whatever, when we talk about these other shows, like it's all on Patreon. Um, we've got one; it's cheap. Sign up.
1: Yeah, and, Come if, join us. and if even. Like, and if you can't afford it, even though it's, you know, a perfectly, you know, relatively in the scheme of how much writer things cost, pretty low. Uh, if you can't afford it, we don't care. Send us an email and we'll get you access anyway.
0: Someone's going to soundbite. If it if I were meaner, it would be me. Um, Someone's going to soundbite you just saying, if you can't afford it, we don't care. <laughs> and just have that as like a loop. I kind of would like that as a little loop. If you loop.
1: can't afford it, we don't. <laughs> care because we will give it to you anyway. <laughs> nope, nope, nope.
0: That's way too much context for online, Laura. <laughs> you don't get to just add in what you meant. Oh, what do you think no. this is? This is not how the internet works.
1: I'm gonna be canceling anyway, we do want like if if you if you are going, oh no, I need like I need help with this whole querying process or this whole understanding publishing process. Um, we want to get you that information. So send us an email. We're at printrunpodcast@gmail.com podcast at gmail.com. And we will make sure that everybody can get the info that they need.
0: Okay, Laura. Yeah. So here's the thing. And I need your help because <laughs> one thing. So here's the thing with you and me and our like separate spheres of concern and interest. Especially as it relates to the publishing industry. Yeah. I would say, and you tell me if this is fair or not, that you are the one who's a little bit better and more interested and more, you have more followers in what we would come to know as like book Twitter or writer Twitter. Would we say that that's true?
1: That is, that is correct. Yeah. Yes.
0: And so sometimes things happen and I see things happen. Because you're talking about them, and I'm over here in my... I'm in, like, the weird shut-in portion. You're at the zoo. My corner of the internet, the zoo. Um, Oh, no, I meant, like, the literal zoo. Like, doing (laughs) things where (laughs) you're... Like, doing things where you're actually,
1: like, offline and living your life, and then...
0: It should be noted, dear listener, that I am often at the literal zoo.
1: Yeah. Um, He loves the zoo, guys.
0: (laughs) God. Um... But something happened that got writer Twitter um, really mad the -hmm. other day, and it got—I mean, with with good reason. To be clear, this wasn't just an online thing. This was a real thing that affected people's lives. And so, I want to just start with like,
1: what happened? What happened at
0: New Leaf? (laughs) What is this thing that happened?
1: Yeah. So I think I think to really like,
0: we don't need every little detail, but like, but for
1: for the purposes of drilling down into what we want to talk about today, I want to. I, I can talk about what happened at this particular agency, but I think the context, the wider context is important because mm-hmm. it does feed in to how people have responded. Um, so we are in the middle, of, if you don't know this, uh, if you don't like watch TV or movies or something, you pro- you might not know this. Uh, we're in the middle of a writer's strike in the film and TV industry. So there's been a lot of talk recently and kind of, and this is a this is something that we've been leading up to for quite a while. Um, there's been a lot of talk about writer exploitation amidst the systems of creative fields, and, and with
0: good reason. And
1: with good reason, and like we fully support the strike. And Netflix is, you know, the big baddie in this. So like, if you can <laughs> like not watch Netflix for a while, like do it. Um, but anyway. Uh, so, so that's part of the context. Um, in addition to that, there have been in in what I think is unequivocally a very like good and progressive thing that's happening on the online spaces is that writers now um, kind of even outside of this sort of larger strike discussion have been talking a lot about the power structures in publishing mm-hmm. and a lot of the, like, bad actors and kind of just, like, the 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 people that are getting in the way of turning the art into the business. Which or, is sort
0: of why we did our episode last week it, about yeah. gatekeeping and all that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so a few weeks ago... New Leaf, which is a very, very large, successful children's, uh, primarily children's um, agency, announced that they were doing this whole rebrand and they are becoming more, like they're rebranding to be like literary managers. There was a very breathy article about it in Publishers Weekly. It was like Mm -hmm. a whole thing. They're like, we're not just agents. We're doing this holistic career building brand management thing. Okay.
0: Which um, separately, full disclosure, I was really intrigued by. Yeah. I remember I, I sent you that article and yeah, said there's a lot it. that's interesting to me here. But continue the story.
1: Yeah. Um, and in between that announcement and the thing that we're mostly gonna be talking about today, a lot of other people like stepped in it a little bit in, <laughs> in the agency profession. <laughs> um there was some sort of well-intentioned but misreading of some author tweets that made agents sort of defensive about manus- like their manuscript wish list there was stuff about um, like there was just like a lot of stuff there was stuff about yeah there was stuff about um, how querying writers aren't yet professional writers there was just like a lot of nonsense okay and then what happened? So is... basically, we get all that
0: context. Just, just, just I want to like take the temperature here. We have all that context leading up to this thing because basically powder everyone, keg. everyone is already ready to rumble. Yeah,
1: powder keg. <laughs> and then what happened yeah. is yeah. Um, at about three p.m. on the Friday before Mother's Day, an agent who, by the way, has in the past twelve months sold the most books out of all of the New Leaf agents at that agency. Um, sent an email to a lot of her clients. Her name is Jordan Hamilton. Like a lot of, um, like basically like, this is my plan for the summer. This is when I'm going to be out of the office, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that was due to her like having recently just recovered from COVID and needing to get like back on track. Seven hours later at 10 ish on a Friday night, the Friday before Mother's Day, um, um, they get like a bunch of authors, of like a bunch of Jordan's authors at New Leaf, getting emails saying, "We've parted ways with Jordan. Today was her last day. You are no longer represented by your agency. No explanation. No nothing. 10 p.m. at night, and then the weekend happened, and then there are." There was just all of this, like, I'm lost. I Clearly, this was not, they said in the email that it was amicable, but it's clearly not amicable because it's, like, Friday at 10 p.m.
0: Well, the agent herself said it wasn't, too. Yeah.
1: Well, that, did, that yeah. didn't happen quite yet. Yeah. But basically, there was all of this, what happened? What are we going to do? I'm in the middle of contract negotiations, right. or I have a book coming out soon, or I'm on submission, and, and all of a sudden, these people are without an agent. Meanwhile, there's another agent at a different agency who had to very suddenly quit agenting due to health reasons, and there's a bunch of people that then start coming out of the woodwork talking about how when they worked at New Leaf or were represented by New Leaf, they were treated in poor or perhaps unethical ways. It just
0: became this thing, from what I could tell over here, like a bunch of authors got dropped simultaneously. Yep. Um, in the middle of the night. With no um, communication. With no communi- like, in a way yeah. that was surprising to everyone and handled a little bit, yeah. not a little bit, but unprofessionally. Yeah. And, of course, like if you imagine how that dynamic works in terms of communications, all those writers get dropped at once. Of course they're going to go talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so the the rest of the weekend and really the time since has been kind of spent on What was your experience like there? And so suddenly the whole online discussion became this referendum on their treatment from this place and how it worked and didn't work and what was all going on. And especially, like you were saying, like in light of an article that had come out just a few days earlier than that, that had basically, you know. We're
1: building careers and Presented this place as a
0: very, you know, interesting, pioneering place. And so it just really... The tone that from what I could tell and even the tone I got at office hours the other day when people were asking me about this was was fairly despairing. Mm -hmm. You know, like people are upset about this and I think it's exactly what you kind of listed as context for why Um, it just seems as though we once again have an example of. Writers' professionalism and status as contributors in the industry, just sort of being cast aside. Yeah. And if like, you are
1: a writer who is represented by an agent, and you that agent is in the middle of negotiating a contract for you, and that agency still fires you, what is there to do?
0: That's pretty strange. I mean, it's just, and so we just it just became this big thing about one, especially because you're right. There was that conversation about our are querying writers, professional writers, which was, uh, you know, like you said, like misguided in a lot of ways, but it sort of, again, set people up in this kind of, it sort of poked at a lot of, one, I think a lot of, you know, power disparity in the industry. Like you and I have talked many times on this show about how writers are the ones who get treated as disposable yep. and able to be like every risk gets pushed onto them, all this kind of stuff that happens.
1: And it is entirely seen like in every facet, yeah. the, the, the authors that got fired unceremoniously before a holiday weekend that it is, it has never been more stark.
0: And so there's, I mean, there's the take that we could do that everyone has already done and That's fine that everyone did it. Cause it's, there to be took you know whatever <laughs> it's there to be taked um, is it oh this you know this agency is you know clearly has some shady practices or whatever and you know they are you know they treated there's clearly a problem there with the way they're treating certain subsets of their uh, their client list all this sort of stuff you know even the way that they're here's treating, how they
1: gaslit us in the articles that, kind of like, that the news outlets did about it yeah all this and so
0: stuff. we could. You know, there's a version of this episode where you and I like pick through all that and gawk at it and stuff. And that's not really what I think is like useful for us and interest. Like, basically, here's what I want to say in that regard. And then we can move to more interesting and maybe secondary concerns that people may not have already considered already. Um, if you're frustrated by this and you are reading this or hearing about all this stuff and thinking as a writer, man, it really seems like the industry doesn't really want to treat me very well. Yeah, you're probably right. Like, I mean, it's, like, you are, or rather, you are right to be frustrated. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I totally understand why people are worked up about seeing something like this happen, especially from an agency that had the reputation that that this one did, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, like, I get that. That's a... um, It's a huge blow. It's just, and it's just hard. And it's like, we know that, like being the writer trying to make it is not exactly a glamorous or stable position to be and so it's like another sort of demoralizer it can be it can be difficult and i totally empathize with that and i i see, i know why people come to us and ask us about that kind of stuff because that's what we're here to hopefully interpret for you guys you know like this you know how in a landscape that is sort of tilted against you how do we make sense of it and how do we give ourselves our best shot and how do we keep our sanity along the way right like that's often what this show is about and but there's like i've been sort of beating my head against the wall on this a little bit over the last few days because like in terms of looking at what happened and like having something new to say about it it's kind of like It it was bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's...
1: They made all the wrong choices. Like,
0: I don't have, like, I don't have some shiny new thing to say about whether or not this was good or bad because... Because it was bad. bad. But so maybe I'm more interested, Laura, in one, and if you have a better take than me than that, but also in thinking about that that article about New Leaf and then comparing it with their actions... Like, what are we seeing? Like, or maybe like, may, here's a really basic question for you that maybe you can help our listeners with. Why did they, why fire so many people like that? Like, why did they, obviously we think that it was handled really poorly, but like, why would an agency be interested in doing that?
1: Yeah. So I think that is a, a, a complex question that deserves a little bit of drilling into. So I think the mm-hmm. first thing to point out is in all of the discussion and the story sharing that happened over that mother's day weekend um it became clear that this is an agency that has a history of firing people who work for them not like writers necessarily but like yeah. like agents assistants interns etc yeah. um just a lot like a lot of turnover in addition um there have been a lot of author firings just throughout, like their business practice, and that is something that, on the surface, you can go, "Oh, that they, they just wanted to fire Jordan. They just wanted to get rid of us." And it, to to be clear, it is important to point out that a lot of Jordan's list were marginalized creators. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so there's a way to look into that and go, "Well, this is this is just basically evil, right?" Um. But when you really, like, drill down into it um, and you kind of, like, look over the fact that the reason they let a bunch of people go who were, like, in progress and having mm-hmm. books come out or having contracts negotiated or were on submission but called them inactive, you, it's easy to look at that while they're trying to throw the person that they fired under the bus. But, and w- all of that can be true, but what I think is also true is that this was just a poorly executed um, event that did nothing new at this agency because here is what New Leaf as an agency is. They are an agency that is not making their bread and butter or have strong interest in new or debut authors. And
0: that's where... That, to me, apart from how they handled this, which was poorly, is really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Because you and I have talked how many times about the general strategy over the last decade on the part of publishers of basically abdicating their role in... um in breaking out the unknown writer, right? Yeah. Like doing the debuts, like
1: getting rid of the mid list. Pub- exactly. Is what like, does this. Publishers
0: yes. are really, really interested right now in the books that feel like sure things from people with established platforms. Mm-hmm. And they are willing to throw money at that. Like, I, I want to reiterate, in case you haven't ever heard this, like publishing numbers broadly, it's not, like when you hear people say, oh, publishing is dying, the industry sucks, it's dying, it's not because people aren't making money. Like there is people money People are making in more money in it's publishing fewer, than they ever have. It's just fewer <laughs> people in more in in bigger chunks. You know, like it's the model has become: we're going to pick a few winners internally from big colossal brands or people, mm-hmm. and the rest we're going to just kind of treat as lottery tickets. You know what I mean? And we're going to see what works and what doesn't. But there's not going to be as much of a scenario where there's you know the debut no one's heard of and they're going to do the careful work of breaking you out. You know, that's something that... It
1: does still happen, but it's significantly rarer now. Of course, I mean,
0: there are tons of exceptions that prove the rule. But, like, the point is the platform building that used to feel like something a publisher was really interested in collaborating with is now something that mostly authors have to come to the table having already done, you know, and that's difficult. But I just look at that and and I look at what we saw in that article which was basically this agency suddenly being interested in ancillary formats you Mm -hmm. know like other things their clients could be doing all stuff
1: management all stuff
0: that i was that again like i read that article and i sent it to you and i said hey maybe there are because i do this all the time because you and i are a (laughs) we're a two-person literary agency i don't have some sort of like, I don't have a business degree in running this place, you know what I mean? Like, the way we learn and the way we do things is we see what other people are doing and, and we see what we like and we emulate it, you know what I mean? Like, And so when someone gets an article about them, hey, we're doing this cool thing, like, I take note of it and I'm interested. But, like, what it does say is that this place appears to be moving in the direction where they don't want to do that sort of pl- that sort of work for the unknown debut writer either. Yeah, they want they would rather find the big people and help them do all the other big writer things that publisher like it's just more managing of established like brands. Right. As opposed to helping new people break in.
1: They somehow did the math and they looked and said, oh, our number one selling agent in the last 12 months is not doing the type of deals that are bringing in the type of money and the type of reputation in, even though some of her authors we kept. I think they kept about like eight yeah. or 12 yeah. of her authors and cut the rest loose, even though some of them have five deals under their belts, even though some of them have multi-book deals that are in progress. And there is some sort of internal math it's the- there where it's deciding that even those things are not worth their time.
0: It's the I mean yeah, what what we're looking at here broadly with this whole situation and all the tumult and all the like harmed people and careers and all this stuff it's like this is the human cost of strategy shifts like that, right? Yeah. Like when people say oh we're going to start doing this and do less of this, it's like okay, well how are you going to do less? Yeah. And the le- that that means the firing and it's like I and I'll say this too. I don't blame, like, I think that there are reasons to pick apart, like, there are reasons as writers and certainly as agents, perhaps with your and my sensibility, to dislike the idea of agencies moving away from that sort of deal Mm -hmm. and into this other realm. But I can't look at that on its face and say, okay, that strategy shift is, you know, no literary agency should be doing that. That's bad business. Because I don't know that it is. I think it might be good business. Now, the crucial the crucial part here, though, is that even if that was the plan, the idea that this is how you execute that shift and, like, this is what you do with the people you already have on your list and this is how it's going to work, that's the part that feels really abominable to yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like, if you – because, like, there are so many ways – an agency can take care of people it lets go of. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a terrible thing. I Well, not always. I guess sometimes people, and you know, agents and writers, quit working together for yeah. lots and lots of reasons, many of which are not that severe or big of a deal. Some but, of them are good. Some yeah. of
1: them, like, most of them are like, neutral. It's just yeah. like,
0: this is, there are plenty of reasons that are totally too boring to ever discuss for how <laughs> that happened. But in this case, where it's like clearly sort of a firing situation, even that, it could have just been handled so much differently like you yeah. can and as an agency especially an agency with the sort of resources that 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 one has like you can you can set these writers up in a way where they're not in mass on the internet wondering what the heck they're going to do next you know what i mean and that part is disappointing to me because i do think like
1: a very like Misanthropic kind of interpretation of this is that they didn't do that care and they did it really easy to kind of like let people work out their issues outside of the agency because there was, in the same way that that firing happened, there was also the calculation that whatever negative press amongst early career and querying writers, that is not going to affect us because it's not our focus.
0: And that's, and you made it, you made a really interesting point to me before we were talking, before we started recording, about even just the ostensible presence of a query inbox, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you have... So, let me put it to you this way. Put the question to you this way, and you can tell me and the listeners about it. When you have... When you are an agency that is open to submissions, you're doing more than just opening an inbox. You're saying something to people, right?
1: You are saying that you are an agent who wants to partner with a writer and help build their career from the ground up because you want to find writers that are unpublished and you sign them and you believe that you both can theoretically make lots and lots of money or at the very least a passable amount of money for your labor. And the idea, like one of the really like offensive thing to me is like this is very clearly an agency that does not want to be promising that and yet they are still like they still have agents and are still hiring agents and are still doing big deals and kind of keeping at the top of those ranks on Publishers Marketplace and all of that because of those agents. But they're saying you are not the core of what we are. The work that you are doing is not what we want it to be we don't yeah. want you to be this person for writers yeah Um, and like and I, I think a lot about my choice right like I started at a small boutique agency and then you and I very easily could have moved to big name agencies when we decided to leave but you and i decided to start an even smaller boutique agency um, that we could run the way that we wanted and i think a lot about like you know like is this the best and most effective choice for what i want to be doing to serve my clients and i do always end up with the answer (laughs) is yes but it's worth to interrogate a lot but importantly one thing that i have always sort of like believed in that everybody in this business operates under the same assumption that like agenting, no matter, no matter like big agency, small agency, boutique, or like, you know, tons and tons of assistants and whatever, like fundamentally, it's roughly the same job, right? Mm -hmm. You find you find authors, you sign them, you know, you help them get their manuscript polished, you sell the manuscript, you do the contract, you help it get public. Like you, that's what, those are the steps. And that is true kind of. But it would also be remiss of me to not look at the thing that New Leaf is trying to be, which is arguably a completely different job.
0: They're expanding. That was the See that was the that was the broad impression I had from that article, which is like these people are
1: not selling books anymore. They're, they're selling redefining
0: IP. what literary agent means or they're expanding the definition in a way that if it felt if I felt confident that they were treating the people all right during the shift, I would be interested in, you know, but like, yeah, do you remember when we went to the London Book Fair and we got there and we were we spent that first day? This was what year? Twenty nineteen. Oh, no.
1: It was twenty eighteen. No, twenty 2018. 2018.
0: Yeah, eighteen. It was yeah. Wow. God. Yeah, you lose a lot of
1: time when there's a global pandemic. (laughs) That's a
0: long time ago. I'm so old. Um, You and I went, and we had our little game plan that we did the best we could on, and we met a bunch of rights agents, and we did all that little stuff that made sense in our little... Yeah. And I do mean little, because...
1: Well, we hadn't like started our own agency yet, so we were like trying to make connections without anything physical to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which it was, is the, it was just yeah. it,
0: it was a really interesting learning experience. And but one of the big impressions that you and I both came away with walking through the rows of exhibits, right, mm-hmm. and seeing how much stuff was there and how many different presenters there were and who all, how many different countries were represented is. Le- and I just feel like the big thing I came away from that feeling was how. Much of a tiny, tiny, tiny piece of publishing you you and me and any agent you're hearing about on Twitter and everyone, yeah. this whole zeitgeist that we this show operates in and the writers who listen to us mm-hmm. operate in and the other agents who you're also seeing posting and doing deals for Dave, it is so small compared to. So much of what happens in publishing, and increasingly, it seems like so much of what can even happen in agenting. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are.
1: Well, we're. I mean, you're right in in talking about like rights and 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 sub rights and all of these different areas, which require a certain level of success before you're even like brought into that game. And in, in terms of like you know, sub rights, selling for books. But kind of even even more than that, like if you have Lee Bardugo, who is a new leaf author, yeah. right? If you have Lee Bardugo on your list, that is all you do. That is all you do. Yep. Um, or you hire multiple assistants. To only do Lee Bardugo. Because if there's you, so much. And there's, there's so
0: many possible op- opportunities to exercise these so different There's so much properties. to do. Yeah.
1: And if you are, you know, if you are somebody, if you are part of, like, the really, really, really big old agencies and you are dealing with um, estates yep. of, like, super big famous, like, that is an entirely different job. And I think, like... The I think the problem and I think the the really like disheartening is not that that exists because like Lee Bardugo deserves an agent that is only doing Lee Bardugo. This is
0: kind of my point is like this stuff should exist. It should. It's just that.
1: The problem is that New Leaf is going, oh, we build careers. We, like, have an inbox, and we're doing debuts, and we're, we're we're like, taking, you know, we're making you big. We're making you into a Lee Bardugo. They're not. They're saying, yeah. we want Lee to come to us.
0: And it's also, that's totally right. And it's also that as they execute this shift, it just seems clear that the consideration around, well, what do we do with the people we've already... Like signed, and when you sign a client, you have to like there's a certain amount of responsibility right mm-hmm. like you have in this business and in any business, this is not a publishing take to say that when you have a client in some field of work, you have a certain amount of responsibility to treat them with respect, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and to do what they did at at that to that many people that suddenly and in that manner, it just sort of says like yeah. You know, we are so we are moving so far away from this part of the game that we don't you made a really good observation. Like we don't care how it looks because it doesn't matter because
1: you are no longer our focus. But the problem is, (laughs) is they have like they are still they still have the, the routes and the paths open to convince you know, the new writers, that they might actually be like a valued part of this company. And the and like, that's the problem. That's where a lot of this like anger and frustration, because you look at a lot of these authors who just got fired, even though they were, by all intents and purposes, quite successful. Right. Even if they were early in their careers. And you go, well, what, how? Like, why is that? an okay or good thing to happen and like the the you know the easy answer kind of removing the like bad action from it is they aren't lee bardugo (laughs) and and i think like i and it it bothers me like it would not bother me if it was just an agency that was like we work best with established authors this is what we're doing this is what we're good at don't query us if you're not published Yeah, that'd be different. That's a perfectly reasonable area of the business to occupy.
0: It really is, by the way. And that that is the one thing that I do want to, like, really make clear that we're saying here is like the model they are moving toward is not an evil one. No, like it's just it's it's, that's kind of what I was trying to say. It's like it's a different thing. It's a different set of priorities It's a business calculation that the people in charge of May that says this is how we're going to run this agency in a more lucrative or efficient, whatever kind of way. That's fine. And, like, it's the transition that way and the feigning. And the the
1: gaslighting of the authors by calling somebody who is in progress of getting a deal saying, oh, you're inactive. Which does dovetail really nicely in with the completely separate (laughs) set of tweets from an agent saying, "If you're querying, you're not professional yet."
0: Yeah, that's um,
1: which is something I kind of like. Do want to talk about because like it is not, um, it is not an exaggeration to say that like New Leaf has in their actions been inconsistent and gaslighty in terms of having a difference between what they clearly want in their business. And how they are behaving in their business versus what they are telling people that they want in their business. Um, And, like, I, I don't know how to, like, emphasize the fact that, like, this poorly handled thing coupled with the fact that like it is not unreasonable for them to be shifting into this area of business like coupled with the idea that like they're also fucking wrong <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like like none of the authors that they fired were inactive in any stretch of the imagination Yeah
0: I mean it, none
1: like no querying writer is not working like not investing in their careers and and in a professional way like I feel like we can have that shift in that focus and that place for that like space for already really successful big name people while also not like Shitting all over people who have dreams to get that big and are working towards it, and
0: it's also—I actually would even say—it's useful here to not even talk about dreams. In in so far as, I just wonder how different the industry would look if everyone in publishing felt the need and the responsibility to treat writers like professionals. Like wow,
1: imagine that. No, I mean, no, no, I'm serious.
0: (laughs) Even just like. I am talking to a fellow professional person in a work capacity. What if you had to talk yeah. to writers that way? And it's such a simple and obvious thing that just never happens. It's how we get It's just how we so much nonsense I think just stems from the fact that we treat and writers and honestly sometimes writers themselves treat themselves like they're on this like hero's journey like pursuing a dream when really maybe the more useful thing is to be like, I am working on this thing. Like, I am a person who is Investing offering... in a who, career. I am a working writer trying to make this specific thing work. I am offering this to you for representation. I am asking to... Like, when you and I hammer the same stupid point home again and again and again on the Query Show that it's a work email... Yeah. This is kind of what I'm talking about, like, in the same way, where it's... Like, we have to do away with some of the... Um, like the sunshine and bubblegum hurts writers <laughs> because it, it opens this window to treat them
1: like they're not serious it, like they're
0: not serious and they're not professionals. you know what I mean like if you're a writer sending an email to an agency about representation, that is a you are working right yeah. there you are doing your you are doing i mean your job is a loaded term because contract it's more like a contract work situation, but like you're you're sending in a It's You were functioning in a professional capacity is what I mean. And what if that required a professional response or even just a professional orientation toward like and that's where it just everything that we're talking about today stems from that. It's like the only way you would possibly think it was okay to do what what happened to all these writers in New Leaf is if you didn't really think that they were like your colleagues or your yeah. you know professional peers in some way but and- even
1: like before people are making money or before they have an agent like agents work for free too so it's yeah. it's like it's yeah. a lot of the time you'll get somebody you know you'll get agents that will be real gaslighting about this will be like, well, I, you know, make money from this. And, you know, and like agents love using the reason I'm behind, like the reason I'm buried under queries is because I don't get paid for these. And I do them on nights and weekends and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, these writers don't get paid for it either. Like we are both speculating here. We're all here. broke.
0: We're all... <laughs> Let's all stop acting like some of us aren't broke.
1: It's like we are all speculating. We are all investing in a possibility of an in, like of a writer's career here. Like one of those is not more professional or virtuous or like deserving of like respect. Yeah. And You know, like
0: just respect, man. Like, that's what it comes down to at the end. It's like and also it comes down a little bit like I keep thinking about like clients who were mid contract negotiation getting let go. I'm just like, man, never in a million years would I walk away from the money. No, I want the money. I like why. And I guess it doesn't matter when you're a big agency. But like, man, just finish the deal. Cash the check. Like, what are we doing? Well, you know, then, you know, but
1: then, do you know, the reason they didn't finish the deal is because then they'd have to have yeah. their money person disperse that money.
0: Everybody's every... got to do more work. Yeah. But it's like, man, I.
1: And the, like the fact, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of that like immediate is that math. that I don't think it is. Where it's like even before you don't even know how much like money the publisher is putting in or kind yeah. of anything like that.
0: Yeah.
1: and yeah. And then you're going, no, 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 no. This contract is not worth. Our cut to pay our, like, accounts payable person
0: yeah,
1: once or twice a year. <laughs> twice a year
0: just to get royalties to me. for this. I, like, that part is just such a... I don't understand that part. But Yeah.
1: And it's, like... And it is, like, also incredibly disrespectful yeah. to, like, the agent who has been working for free on all of this.
0: That is the real one. Um, I would be
1: heated. And then just be like, I you don't get the money. Be,
0: I would be heated. Oh, my yeah. God. Because, theoretically,
1: um, the author still gets... A contract like a They'll lot find of find a that, way to
0: get that contract. They'll I mean, find like if they're ways. in
1: the process, they're like nobody's gonna like pull that con that offer yeah. Yeah. because the agent changed.
0: If the editor is not if the editor is smart, I don't want to go that far. But like oftentimes in a situation like this, I could very easily envision a scenario where the editor makes a recommendation to another agent. Mm-hmm. Like if suddenly, because this is a thing that I, I think a lot of people don't realize is that perf- like big five houses are like. More the like the larger presses, they don't really want to be negotiating against unrepresented writers. No, either. they like, absolutely do the- not. Theoretically, it's the sort of situation where they could maybe get better terms and like sneak something past the writer or whatever. But that's not actually how they think. What they mostly think is, "I want to get this done efficiently and normally yeah. without having to explain every line to the person who's going to sign." And if you it. go to an agency and
1: that already has a boilerplate yes. with that imprint, it's,
0: they want you like done they do not want this like it's not something the editor wants for the agent to suddenly disappear like they want someone who can do that work of helping explain different things and like making sure that i don't know all that stuff and so i imagine there's a scenario where the editor might say oh you're without an agent here are some people i've i work with in other capacities who so i might recommend i'm happy to send the note like that kind of thing does yeah. happen you know. and
1: i do like shout out to certain editors like there are imprints that i work with that are also in limited capacity open to non-agented submissions yeah and there have been multiple times when that editor says oh no this person and their book is really special this person needs an agent and then they'll say go to laura and like sometimes i sign them and sometimes i don't um but you know like in the same way that, like, we know the taste of the editors, like, the editors also know, like, oh, this book that is now orphaned, um, yeah, that, like, we're going to recommend somebody. So, like, uh, yeah. But yeah. that was a little bit of a tangent for you. No, but I, I, <laughs> I
0: think, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where we just got to reorient the, like, this is this is what I actually think is happening really broadly, is... There are now more. Like querying, is probably easier than it ever has been in history, right? Like think about when you used to have to like send paper mail and do all this stuff, well, certainly right? Certainly like, more
1: accessible. That's
0: what I mean. Like it's not. I don't mean. I guess you're right. I don't mean easier to get an to agent. get an agent. I mean that sending the email. Is easier. is easier than having to make a bunch of... Well, the
1: fact that it's an email, yeah.
0: So that's all I'm saying, which means that there are more querying writers than ever before. The information to find people who to... Que- like, finding a list of literary agents is easier than it has ever been. All this kind of stuff. And it just... It means that the volume has ticked up in a way that is... I, you know, I mean, you get a lot of queries. I get a lot of queries. We yeah. all do. And it can be kind of overwhelming, but it does... Like the temptation there is just to breeze through this stuff and not really care that it's human beings on the other side, and it's just like, man, now more than ever, it just feels like the important thing is just to remember that all this stuff is talking to professional peers. You know what I mean? And people are owed respect. And it is not know. that hard to no, just decide
1: that instead of ruining your reputation <laughs> as an say, agency, that's like way
0: more work than just doing the right thing. Querying
1: yeah. writers to not yeah. get like querying people. It, it instead would be, you know, we are closed to unpublished authors. We do our best work and are focused as a business on like sustaining and growing existing brands. That is value neutral. Yeah, and instead we just like traumatized and angered an entire subset of artists. Like why?
0: Like for what? For you what? Know what I mean, like there's for no like reason. a power play. Yeah.
1: To, to get, you know, like, Publishers Weekly to do, a, like, a breathy press release on your behalf that you, per- they pretended was um, an article about this whole situation. Like, for what?
0: Right.
1: For what? Like, what? If there is a big agent that you are courting, or a big author that you are courting, like... I I mean, that big author is going to look at what you've done for the really, really big ones and go, "Okay, I don't care what this person with no deal said. I want like I want the But why? But like, why?
0: It just seems like this is why. Yeah. I mean, now we're going in circles a little bit, but it's like the actual strategic move isn't a bad one. It's just the execution is just so indicative of a certain culture in writing or in publishing that just feels really unnecessary and detrimental to the whole endeavor, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, if if you listened to all of this and you hoped that we would, like, scream a lot more about New Leaf. Oh, we screamed,
0: uh, we screamed. You can
1: go over, I was like, you can go check out my Twitter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where I was doing it yeah. in real time, yeah. instead of, like, enjoying my weekend, uh, mm-hmm. like a person who doesn't work in publishing. mm mm-hmm. um, we are going to be, as stated before, we are going to be releasing um, a piece of special content over on our Patreon about agency contracts, which um, for many of you, that would probably be deeply, deeply useful at this stage. Yep. Um, so head on over and go check that out. That'll be up before June for sure. Um, otherwise, we will see you back here the next time something on Twitter blows <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> but no, but like before that, for maybe something nicer. Goodbye,
0: friends. <laughs>